hear good news, we get excited about that, right? And you know, like, I don't think that's anything that you have to write down, like, oh, thank you, Nate. But when we hear good news, we get excited. When we hear bad news, we are not excited, right? When you first heard, you know, that we we're going to be out of school for like two weeks of COVID, maybe you're like, oh, this is good news to get two weeks off. Now that we're like a year later, it's not good news anymore, okay? And we're not excited about it. And And the other thing about good news and bad news is that when you hear good news, even if you're not sure if it's true yet, you're like, you hope that it's true, right? Whereas with bad news, when you hear bad news, what, what happens? You hope that it's not true, okay? So, you know, again, for instance, say your college professor's like, hey, everybody gets an A in my class. You're gonna, you may not know if that's true. You may not believe that it's true, but, but you hope that it is. Likewise, if your professor says, everybody, yeah, there's a surprise quiz right now. And you're like, well, what? Okay, you may you might be believing it, but you're hoping that it's not true, that they're playing a joke on you. And so, you know, you can give several examples of this, but why do I bring that up? Why do I bring that up at the start? Well, if you've been part of TLR, we've been, we just finished um, a series or we're finishing a series called Brand New, but we're pausing to talk about Christmas and how it's all good. And the reason that I start off with this good news, bad news illustration is that for many people, when they think about Jesus and they think about Christianity, the question that they wrestle with and the question that they ask is like, is it true? And that's a good question. As a matter of fact, it's a question that I love to explore. That's why we started TLR. That's why we have the conversation we have. Because I love asking the question, is it true? You know, and wrestling with that. And like, can we believe it? Can we have to, I nerd out on that stuff. Is it true? So, and for some of you, maybe that's true the question. And then you're like, you wrestle with Christianity, you wrestle with Jesus. Is it true? And you wrestle with that. The the other thing, just because I'm a nerd and get spend just quick minute on this, is that I, I love wrestling through with somebody. What's the it that they're wrestling with that is it true? Because like it, I mean it is a small word, but it can represent so many things. And for most people, the question is, is the Bible true? Like that's the question that they're wrestling with. Which rabbit trail is highly unfortunate because because what a lot of people don't know is that for hundreds of years there were thousands tens of thousands of people that followed jesus before there was a bible all right and if that you're like you didn't know that and you think that i'm making that up we'll actually be talking about that later in the upcoming year so stay tuned and keep keep watching tlr but for most people that's the question like is the bible true is it true is god true is jesus true when we wrestle with that is it true is it true i mean some people spend a lot of time there but what breaks my heart honestly more than anything is that i understand people wrestling with is it true because they, there's some big claims christianity okay like jesus claiming that he is the way that he's the solution that's a big claim right you know jesus the miracles walking on water healing people you know those are big is that true and that's a big question. And if you don't believe it's true, you have good reasons. Like you're a smart person. You're above average. I know you're above average because you're watching this. So I, I know you're smart, but but we wrestle with that. Is it true? And a lot of people do. But what breaks my heart is that more and more people, that's not the question that they actually are wrestling with. The question that most people are wrestling with, and maybe you, is, is it even good? Is it good? Like Who cares if it's true? Is it even good? Because because too often what we've experienced has not been good news. <laughs> and so if it's anything like the church that I raised, was raised in, if it's anything like the pastor that I had or the priest that I know or that cousin that I have, 
then I don't think it's good news. Definitely not good news for me. And so if it's true, whatever, but is it even good? And that's the question that more and more I hear people saying. And, and it breaks my heart because of this, because wrestling with if it's true makes total sense. But but wrestling with is it good just kind of, it, it makes me sad because it's not your fault you're wrestling with that. You, you're just, you're reacting to what you've experienced. But what it shows is that we, and when I mean we, I mean people like me, me have messed up and not communicated well the original version of what Jesus said. Because you may, again, wrestle with it, it's true, but but what you need to know is that when it was when the story of Jesus was first introduced, the story of Christmas, the angels were the first ones to say that, guys, guess what? World, hello. This is good news of great joy. Ready? For all people. Now, I know that when we talk about theology and Bible stuff, you can be like, oh, I don't know if I'm smart enough to, to understand all this. What does all mean? Is all just like some people? Is all Does it all include you? It does. Okay. All right. I know you're smart enough to know that. And it does. All people. And so here's the thing. If what you are thinking about and if when you like when you think about Jesus and Christianity you're like oh it's not even good it's not good news for me I just feel guilty I feel condemned it just it's not good for me right maybe there's a chance that what you're experiencing and what you're saying is not good okay it's not good but maybe it's not the original version and maybe it's not what Jesus said here's what I say that and here's what I say some of that with uh maybe a little too much confidence but too often, like like I said, what we experience isn't good. And what's so fascinating to me is Jesus shows up and he's born. And we're going to be talking about that on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. We dive more into the Christmas story. But to set that up, I wanted to like look at some key moments in Jesus's life. Because one day Jesus is teaching and he says this. This is found in Luke 16, verse 16. 16, 16. Remember that. But he shows up and he says this. The law and the prophets which is for us what we call the Old Testament. The reason Jesus said the law and the prophets is because it wasn't old yet. It was just there. It was the law and the prophets. It was the Hebrew Bible, the ancient uh, Israelite Jewish Bible, okay? The law and the prophets. And he says they were proclaimed, they were talked about until John the Baptist. If you've been with us, we talked about John the Baptist, how he showed up to announce, hey, guys, Jesus is coming, right? And so Jesus is saying the law and prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time... Okay, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached. Meaning, since I've shown up, okay, we're now switching gears. Skirt, okay, since that time, we're now talking about me. Another one, Jesus' bold claims. And he says, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached. And ready? Everyone is forcing their way in. Everyone wants to be a part of this, wants to be in, is leaning in. Why is that? What Jesus is saying is that if people really understood what I'm saying, when it clicks for people and what I'm saying, not what your priest says, not what your pastor says, and definitely not what Nate says, but when people lean in and they understand the message that I'm communicating, people are going to be clamoring over each other more than they do at a Black Friday sale, okay? Like, they're going to be like, I got to get in. I got to lean in. This is good news for everyone. Now, okay, I don't live in a rock, in a cave, you know, under a rock. Like, I know what's happening in the world. Nobody's reacting this way to Christianity. Nobody's like, oh my gosh, I gotta be there. Okay, that's not happening. And why is that? Maybe it's because we lost sight of what Jesus has said. Maybe it's because what we're teaching isn't actually good news for everyone. 
Because according to Jesus, the good news that he taught, the good news that he proclaimed, was good news for everyone. In fact, it was such good news that, that everybody wanted it to be true. They may still have struggled. Is it true? But they wanted it to be true. They wanted to be in. They, want, they had hope that it was true, which is what we all do when we hear something good. And so if you're sitting there right now like, Nate, that has not been my experience. Nate you're, Nate, you're right. I've never been like rushing my way to get to church like I do to get to Target on Black Friday. Um, <laughs> then maybe it's because what you experienced wasn't good news. And so, and so you do what is natural. You, you leave. You, I get that. I understand that. More and more, that's the storyline. And so for these next couple of minutes today, I want to show you a couple of examples of why Jesus was good news. And then on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we're going to be talking about the story of Jesus and how, how it was good news. Like how even in the birth, in the very beginning, it was good news. Because we can get to wrestling with if it's true, but if we don't know that it's good, we don't have that hope then what's the point of even debating if it's true? If it's not good, who cares? But what if, what if this is good? Now, too often, again, why this happens is that, that we mix some of, see, when, when, when Jesus says that the law and prophets, the Old Testament, that was being proclaimed and then he showed up and now we're switching gears. If you think about it, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, that's just what Testament means, but the the ancient Hebrew Bible, it was good if you were a Hebrew person, if you're an Israelite, if you're Jewish. But for those of us who are not Jewish, which is pretty much most of us, um, it's not good news. And Jesus is shut, shows up and is like, guys, I have good news for everybody. And, and too often, though, what we experience is when we mix some of the old with the new and it just makes a mess. And that may be what you've experienced. Again, that's something we'll be talking about coming up later at TLR. But I want us to get to this point where we see that maybe, just maybe, there's something here to hope for. Maybe there's something here that is good news. Now, to start this off, the person who did the most investigating to, like, really learn about Jesus and, like, you know, interviewed people is this guy named Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, third, third gospel writer, which gospels are the people who wrote accounts of Jesus's life. And he gives us so much detail. He, um, he just, he tells us in his intro that he investigated and they spent a lot of time investigating, which for us is great news. But he starts off when he starts off with this whole story about Jesus, he starts off with one word that honestly should make us pause. And to us and to you, it's not going to make mean that much because we don't like think about it in these contexts and you may not have been told some of this information. But the first word that he says, if you go to Luke 1, verse 1, very first word is many. Okay, Many what? What is it? How many? What? Well, many what? He says, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled or happened among us. And the significance of that, it can be easy to breeze by that, cool, whatever. But think about this. First century, for the first, second, third century, centuries before that, it was expensive to write things down. You know, like, it, it took a lot of time. It, it, most people couldn't even read or write, so you had to find somebody that could, and it was expensive. You had to get the materials, and, and it's time-consuming and expensive. So most people didn't have any accounts of them written down. So because of that... This time period, most of the, like, the written documents and the stories that we have about people are just from rich people because they were the ones that were rich enough to hire somebody to write down, hey, make sure you write down an account of my life. And, and you know, 
I want to edit it before you put it out there because I want to make sure I look good. And and so what's very interesting though is that why is it that we have any, not just not just one, we have four. Why is it we have any documentation of Jesus? And then according to Luke, there's there's even more people were writing about it. Why is that? Because Jesus was just a no-name guy, like from the middle of nowhere, his day laborer did, you know, just went around. He only talked for like three years. He he never wrote anything down. So why is it that somebody would take time to write stuff down about this Jesus guy? And that's a question for you to wrestle with. Why why would anybody do that? Because, and you may be like, who cares? Why why would I think about this? Well, think about this. Not to be mean and not to twist his knife, but just think about this for a second. Today, it's super easy to write things down. As a matter of fact, it's super cheap. And we don't even really write. We type. We type most of our books now. And so it'd be so easy to write an account of your life. It'd be so easy to write an account of my life. But think about this. And really, really, really ponder this. When you die, how many people are going to write an account of your life? Make sure they get the details right. I can give you the answer. I'll give you my answer, okay? Not many, all right? There's not going to be many people. Yet with this random guy, 2,000 years ago, day laborer, expensive, many people took the time to investigate. Why? Why is that? Maybe, just maybe, it's because there's good news. There's something worth exploring, and they wanted to share it with the world. But... You know, that's my opinion, but you can wrestle with that on your own. Now, here's what's amazing is that after Jesus is born, Luke records those details. Like I said, we'll talk about that more coming up. But Jesus shows up in history and Luke is about to record just what happens when, when Jesus shows up. He interviewed people, he talked to people, and he's going to start telling everybody, hey, guess what? Here's, here's what happened. Here's what Jesus did. But to set that up. This is another detail Luke includes for us that is worth wrestling with. That again, we can skim over super easily. But this is found in Luke 3. And this is Luke setting up. Guys, here's what Jesus did. And here's what he says. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, Tetrarch of Aria and Trachonitis, and Licinius, Trachonitis, Tra Trechart of Abilene during the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas. And you're like, okay, there's a bunch of names. You even stumbled over one. What's happening there? This is Luke's way of saying, hey, 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 fact check me. I just gave you a list of everybody who was in charge and what year it was. It's the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar when this guy was in charge of this area, this guy in charge of this area. Okay. And this is why this is important. Maybe nobody ever told you this. But if Luke was making this up, Okay, when you make a story up, you don't include specific details. You know this because you've lied to your parents, okay? Or you've lied to your friend or you lied to your boyfriend. That's why you're not together anyway. But you've lied before, okay? And when you lie, generic, okay? Sometime a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. You don't say in the 15th year of Tiberius Caesar when Herod was in charge. You don't list specific details. Why? Because when Luke is writing this, people who are alive will, hey, hold up. I was alive. No, this is not true. Like, they could fact check you. That's why you don't give specific details when you lie. Okay, because, like, like, you weren't at Cumbies. Okay, I know you weren't there. Like, you, you don't tell details. Same is true. And to include these details, 
Why is that? And it's because it's Luke's way of saying, fact check me. This is such good news. You need to know it. Fact check me. Look into this. You need to know that this is true. I want you to know that this story, that I'm going to tell you these stories about Jesus, it's good news for everybody. And everybody is you, right? Listen to this. Oh, this is so good. This is why you should read your Bible. It's literally, that's so cool. So there are two stories I want to tell as we, as we get into this. So first, why is Jesus good news? Why should we even consider it? One day, Jesus is going around and he's, he's becoming kind of a celebrity and people are starting to follow him and listen to him. And so he shows up to a house and he starts teaching in this house. And so they're in the main room, you know, biggest room and people are listening and people are on the outside. And, and as Jesus is talking, the religious leaders are starting to take note because they're a little, oh, I don't know what we think about this Jesus guy. He's saying some things about God and who is he? Where did he get it educated? Where's your diploma, Jesus? Like, uh, like we're the religious leaders. And so I don't know, ugh, like we didn't approve this. And plus you're pushing against some of the things that we make our money from. And that's always a way to make somebody mad. And so the religious leaders are Pharisees. They're like, oh, we don't know. So Jesus is in the middle of teaching. There's this crowd around. And, you know, homeowners there and Jesus is talking and everybody's like, oh, and, okay, it's great. And then uh, above them, they see some some just you know, things from the ceiling, like some rubble start to fall. And they look up and they see they see sunlight start peering through and they're like, oh my, there's a hole in the roof. And then they see a face and they're like, oh, snap. And then, and then they see multiple faces and they're like, oh my goodness. And Jesus is like, I'm just standing there. And, and you know what the homeowner was thinking? The homeowner's like, I should not have hosted this community group. They're freaking breaking my roof down. They're literally taking the roof off. And, and what happens is Jesus doesn't condone, but, but they're standing there looking. And all of a sudden, they see a mat being lowered. And this mat's coming down. And this man who can't walk is lowered down Jesus. And they did this because they couldn't get through the crowd. The crowd was so dense. They couldn't get through, so they literally took this guy's roof off and lowered their friend down. And Jesus looks at the man, couldn't walk, and they had heard stories that Jesus was healing people. Jesus looked at the man and said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Which, to you, doesn't seem like a big deal. But think about it from the guy laying there on the mask point of view. He's like, cool, Jesus. Not really why I'm here. Okay, can't walk. <laughs> Would like it if you healed my legs. That's... Cool, my sins are forgiven. Well, Jesus did this because one of the main point that we'll get to in a second, but the religious leaders, that was the final straw for them. They're like, we knew it. This guy's a crook. We can't trust this Jesus guy. Why? Because only God has the power to forgive sins. And if you've been with us, you know, when we talk about sin, we talk about this, this brokenness, this, this thing in us that like you do things wrong on purpose. Okay. Like, you know, and just make a mistake. You planned it out. Some of you have your mistakes right next to you, and you're going to do it after this, or you did it before. That. Like, why we that that thing is where we know we shouldn't do something, and we do it anyway. That's sin. And when we do that, when when we when we do these wrong things, like we hurt ourselves, we hurt other people. That's sin, and 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 we owe it to people. And Jesus, and we Jesus is saying, not only do we owe it to people to be better and stuff, but we owe God. But Jesus is saying, hey. Your sins are forgiven. God hadn't even asked yet. How can you be forgiven for something we haven't even asked yet? 
And that's why the Pharisees were so upset because they made money off of they made money off of the system they had set up, which is where you go and sacrifice and you pay because you actually literally had to pay to forget, be forgiven of the things you did wrong. And so the Pharisees are so upset and they call Jesus out. And Jesus, knowing what's going on in their hearts, looks at them and says, hey, hey, what's easier to say? That this man's sins are forgiven or to tell him to get up and walk? And then Jesus, to punctuate his point, says, looks at the man and says, friend, take up your mat and walk. And the man stands up, his legs are healed, he grabs his mat and walks out. The Pharisees are livid, they're mad, but what does this have to do with you? Why is this good news? Think about this. Jesus' point that he was making, these people lower their friend down and he looks at the man and he knows that he has a physical condition, but bigger than that, he has the condition all of us have which is we have sin and brokenness in our life that we need to be forgiven for. But what's the problem with asking for forgiveness? You, you, you know this, maybe you've experienced this when you ask forgiveness from somebody. You don't know if they're going to say yes. There's a chance that they hold it over your head. Jesus shows up and one of the first things he does and what he can does over and over again is this, world, listen, forgiveness is being announced ahead of time. When you ask for forgiveness, the answer you don't have to worry or wonder what the answer is. The answer is yes, you are forgiven. That's good news. That's that's really good news. If there's a God, okay, we can worry about if it's true later. But if there's a God, and and like we know we haven't lived up to his standards because you haven't lived up to your own standards, okay. So if there's a God, we know we haven't lived up to his standards. Does he forgive us? Jesus is like yes. Okay, that's good news. It should, if if it's true, should bring us hope and joy. That means that means when you do something wrong and you know it, nobody should hold it over your head. Why? God's forgiven you. We should forgive you as well. Okay, that's good news, and I hope that's what you've experienced. Too often, though, it's not. I could spend the rest of our time on that, but I want to move on to this next story because because this just. Jesus goes from that moment to another moment just to punctuate his point. Jesus is walking along with his guys after this scenario, and they're like still wrestling, like, okay, that dude didn't even ask to be forgiven, and he forgave him, and like, are you God? Like, oh, there's so much going on. And then they come to a tax collector's booth. It's like a part of a highway, you know, like a toll booth. And the difference with, except having that plastic arm is that you had a Roman spear. So if you didn't pay, okay. And so there's this guy, Levi, there. And Jesus walks up and he sees Levi. And what's important for us to understand that we don't want to get in our context is that nobody likes tax collectors even now, but they were hated at this time. And why were they hated? Well, tax collectors supported Rome. And what Rome would do, and this was genius but evil and just messed people. And you can see why people would hate tax collectors is that Rome would show up and take over a country and then instead of putting their own people in charge of collecting taxes, what they would do is they would have people bid on the rights to collect taxes from their country. And so they would, they would people, like their own countrymen would be the ones in charge of collecting taxes. And not only that, Rome didn't regulate this. They could collect as much taxes as they wanted as long as Rome got their cut. And so that means if you owe a dollar, I could say, hey, well, you owe $5. I keep the four and give Rome its one. And so not only were they stealing, but also think about this. Rome was so ruthless. These people were supporting the very empire that maybe killed your brother. 
maybe hurt your child, maybe stole your wife. And these people were profiting on it and benefiting them and helping them. Oh, they were so hated. Okay, these were your neighbors that you grew up with and then turned on you, turned their back on you. Oh, they were so hated, so despised. As a matter of fact, in this highly religious country of Israel, they were they were used, like, they would be like, you know how like we have our bad people we look down upon? You couldn't get lower than a tax collector. They were the, always the example. They'd be like, oh, just be careful. You might grow up and be a tax collector. So that's this type of person. Jesus walks up and sees one of those people. His name is Levi. And he looks at Levi and he says, hey, Levi, follow me. To which everybody following Jesus at the time was like, Jesus, hold up. Do you, like, do you know who that is? And I'm sure Levi was like, oh, Jesus, do you know who I am? It's not like, like, you know who I am and what I do because I'm doing it. It's not like you bump into me at the grocery store and like, hey, Levi, follow me. Oh, well, Jesus, you should know I'm tax Oh, I didn't know. No, Jesus literally sees him doing it. And Jesus uh, invites him to follow him. The Jewish men following Jesus would have been like, whoa, gee, hold up. Uh, time out. Hold up. Hold up. Okay, Jesus. Uh, listen, if you invite Levi to fall, like, that means he's gonna, I'm going to be seen with him. And, like, that's going to not only impact your reputation, which apparently you don't care about, but, like, my, I, I got to be seen with that guy? Like, he screws us all over. And Jesus doesn't care. Hey, follow me. All right. Levi's like, okay, sure. Where are we going? It gets even worse. We're going to your house. Whoa, my house? Like, like a party? Like a little house party? Yeah. Levi's like, well, the only friends I have are other tax collectors, so okay, cool. And so they go over to Levi's house, and it's terrible for the Jewish men. They're like, oh my gosh, like, there's one tax collector, and now, like, there's, they're just all here. And why is that? Because tax collectors can only be friends with each other. And so they're there, and I'm sure, you know, like, Peter is just, like, uncomfortable. Like, oh, I don't know what's happening. That's one of Jesus' friends. But then it gets even more awkward because the religious leaders who are already mad about that man who couldn't walk and Jesus forgiving his sins, they show up and they're like, this Jesus guy is a, a real piece of work. He's in there partying with the tax collectors. Jesus, what are you, and they won't go in because they're, they're respectable people. So they send word in and they want to know, hey, Jesus. And they want to know, why are you in there? Why are you eating with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus, because <laughs> he's savage, goes, hey, you go tell them. And he, he says this in front of everybody. You go tell them that I've come, not for the righteous, okay, but I've come for the sick people. Now, again, if you've ever been at a house party, your host, and you're like, yeah, hey, just let them know I'm in here because I'm here for the sick people. Matthew's probably like, Jesus, you calling me sick? But Matthew knew he was sick. Gee, that's not an insult. Like the tax collector is probably like, yeah, you're right. We are pretty sick. Woo! Okay. And but Jesus is punctuating his point. Listen, hey, you guys think that God's love and care and compassion is reserved just for religious people and people who can keep the rules and people who have been born into privilege and have the opportunities? And then these tax collectors who maybe didn't have those advantages or chose to throw them away and, you know, live like, you think God's love is only for a segment of population that you get to define? No. Watch this. I'm going to blow all your societal barriers up. Why? Remember, this is good news. Not just good news for some people. This is good news for everyone. And Jesus going to Levi's house, inviting Levi there, punctuating that everyone 
everyone is accepted in this kingdom. Everyone is part of this. Forgiveness is announced ahead of time and everyone is accepted. Why does this matter? Here's where we're going to wrap up. But why does this matter for you? If there's a God, and if Jesus represents that God, and if that's, you know, as in this Christmas season, we're thinking about it, you see the nativity scenes everywhere, and you think of when your experience, and maybe your church, maybe your church experience, or maybe your family's going to, you know, go to a Christmas mass, or you're going to watch one online, and you're thinking about all that stuff, and you're like, you know, Nate, well, it sounds nice, and you're kind of entertaining, and you're funny looking, so I don't mind looking, you know, and laughing and judging you, okay, cool. But, like, it's just not good news. But here's the thing. As you think about that, as you wrestle with this, if there's a God, wouldn't you want this to be true? Wouldn't you want the God that exists to say, hey, world, listen, forgiveness, you have it. It's announced ahead of time. You just have to ask. Okay? Forgiveness, it's announced ahead of time. Also, in case you guys are wondering, everyone means everyone. All people are included. Okay? Wouldn't you want that to be the God that exists? If, if that God exists, wouldn't you want to lean in and hope that that's true? Because why should we hope that that's true? Why would we want that to be true? Well, first, it's the only identity that we can receive that is given to us for free. And we don't have to earn. When you think about identities that you have, you know, maybe you view yourself as popular. You view yourself as smart. You view yourself as athletic, a geek, a nerd. Whatever identities you put on yourself, a brother, a sister, okay? You have a boyfriend, you have a girlfriend, okay? You're gay, you're straight, you know, whatever it is. Whatever identities we put on ourselves, they always come with a cause. Like, every identity... Revol involves somebody wanting something from us and we have to do something to live up to that you know what does it mean to be a brother you know i gotta do this what does it mean to be smart oh, i gotta do this okay. every identity we have is something that we have to work at in some level of work but think about this if what i said is true and if jesus represented this guy that means that the invitation into the identity that he's offering which is hey you're my child and I love you and also hey you're forgiven and you're all welcome if that's true and that I didn't we can live with that identity it impacts everything and that's good news that's good news of great joy for all people we may wrestle with if it's true but we should hope that that's true we should hope that if there's a God he forgives us we should hope if there's a God that he accepts all of us because if we're honest with ourselves, while there's people we look down on, and we're honest with ourselves, we're not always acceptable people. We should hope that God accepts everyone. We should want this to be true. And and what's so fascinating to me, and here's here's where we'll close, is that that invitation does exist for you. That invitation is out there for you to follow Jesus. Yet too many times, and especially in this Christmas season, we can get distracted by toys and games and just all kinds of things. And we can get distracted by, honestly, a boring, just boring expression of Christianity, a hurtful expression of Christianity, a hurtful expression of Jesus, or a boring expression of Jesus, where we're like, this isn't even good, I just want it to be over. This isn't even good, it hurts people, it hurts me. Yet... Jesus, 
Jesus said that no, it is good news and that it is good news for everyone. And so if that's not been your experience and that's not what you're experiencing now, maybe, maybe there's something else to pay attention to. Maybe there's something to lean into. And that's where we're going to leave you because on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we're going to be talking more about this and how there is good news and how we see it in the very birth story, the birth narrative that maybe you've heard over and over again. But we're going to talk about that and how it's good news, how at the very beginning it's good news. And so while you may have questions with this and wrestle with this, hope that you are chatting away during all this. But if you want to get in touch with us, if you want to process this, there are two easy ways to do this, two really good ways. First is a community group where you can talk to people and you get to know people and ask them questions. You think Nate said this, and I don't know, and, uh, and you could wrestle with it. Okay, Community group's the best place to do that. The other thing is that we would love to hear from you. We'd love to reach out to you. If you love this, if you hated it, if you're like, I can't believe I'm still watching, we'd love to hear from you and we will reach out to you if you let us know. The way you let us know that is by clicking on that TLR link that you heard in the intro video. But fill that information out and we'd love to get in touch with you. If you have any questions, please let us know. But this is the thing. I hope that you lean into this. I hope that you ask questions, that you wrestle with this. Because maybe, just maybe, there's good news here of great joy. Not just for all people, but for you. That's what we hope that you think about and wrestle with during this Christmas season. Hope to see you on Christmas Eve. And in the meantime, if you've been around, you know what to do. If you're new, this is very important. We need you to stay awesome. Okay? You guys stay awesome. Love you guys. Have a great Christmas season. I just want to leave. I just want to leave.